0: Hello and welcome back to the Trick Play Podcast on the Fresh Take Network. I'm Simon Cheskovsky here with Caleb Peterson and shortly we'll be breaking down all the sports related news, rumors, and drama that you will want to hear about. This week we've got a bit more of a lighter week compared to the last couple. I think that's a little fair considering how heavy the last few have been but, but we are talking about more NBA this week so that's definitely something to be excited for considering how little we've talked about it in the past. We'll be starting off With the NFL, NFC, and AFC championship games, I know Caleb has a lot to say on that NFC one as watching the 49ers go to the Super Bowl was not a fun experience for him specifically. Then we'll move on to Luka Doncic scoring 73 points in the most points scored in a game since Kobe's 81 game, which is the most bonkers thing ever. We'll get into that. Then we'll talk about Adrian Griffin being out with the Milwaukee Bucks, which is also pretty crazy considering he was second in the East and still technically is and how he's getting replaced by Doc Rivers and what the general response has been what potential reasons there could be around it we'll get into all of that and more make sure to check us out on youtube fresh take network tiktok instagram and twitter as we have new content coming out every single week on each and every one of those platforms caleb are you ready to get into it
1: absolutely
0: no wacky stat this week we're jumping right into it this is serious Goddamn.
1: Yeah. The wacky status that the the Lions were up by 17. So to
0: start off this week, we'll be going into the championship games in the NFL, which just happened a little under I want to say 20 minutes ago is when the NFC Championship. So while it's still fresh in both of our minds we're going to jump right into it i'm going to throw it straight to you caleb i know you have a lot to say on this one (laughs) as uh the 49ers were able to beat the lions coming back from 17 i believe it was a ridiculous game to watch live i'll i'm just gonna let you take this one
1: i'm so pissed i'm so (laughs) pissed i i don't even know i mean we can we can get into all the other stuff in the game, like the what happened the rest of the game later on. I just that the last, the third quarter in particular was rough because that's when they blew their their yeah. 17 point lead. But I'm just gonna immediately hit on some of the decisions made in the fourth quarter by Dan Campbell and the Lions. Now, I mean it's tough because it's very much you live by the sword, you die by the sword kind of thing. Dan Campbell has been known for. Um, going for it on fourth downs in situations like this—that is his entire thing. Um, but there's a certain point where you go too far, and you just end up looking like a complete dumbass. Um, in that situation, when the lot, the Niners just score to go up three, and you are in easy field goal range, fourth and three—I don't care at that point. Take the points because you don't know what's going to happen. Just take the goddamn points, and I am all for aggression. I am all for this, but I just, I honestly think Dan Campbell, I think he's a great coach, but I honestly kind of think he's gotten the benefit of having a great offensive coordinator who calls some fantastic plays on these fourth and shorts that get him those conversions, because I was thinking about this during the end of the game. You've got a guy like Brandon Staley who did the same thing that, uh, dan campbell did with the chargers where he would go for it on fourth down more than any other coach and he got ridiculed for it because with him it never worked out they never got any of those um and he was fired i mean for uh, multiple reasons but that was a huge one that was a big reason why people hated brandon saley and i'm not saying dan campbell's the same thing but it's almost like it's just a, a thing about perception where it's like one of the memes where it's like uh what it's like oh i go on fourth down but i do it because of grit oh yeah that's great <laughs> oh i go for fourth down and i do it because of analytics you know you should be fired like <laughs> yeah <pretty> I, much. <laughs> I, I i don't i think we need to start having that conversation about dan campbell and i think dan campbell needs to just start playing a little bit more situationally because that lost them the game and then um, I mean, I didn't fully lose them the game because then the other stupid decision, stupid ass decision I'm mad about, this one is even worse because at least with the fourth down call, you can kind of say, well, if they got it, um, then you go up a touchdown and the Lions probably would have won. There. This other call, when it's third and goal, you have all three of your timeouts and there's a little bit over a minute left. Why? It, why on God's green earth would you run the ball? Why? Yeah. If you if you drop back and throw a pass and it's incomplete, boo hoo. Fine, you're gonna go for it on fourth down anyways, which they did and they got it. You would have saved, um, so, you you would have saved that timeout because when you kick it back to the Niners, you're going to need all three of those timeouts to stop them from running the ball. And, and it's like, if you have all three of those timeouts, you have a chance. That's your only chance. Onside kicks in the NFL do not work anymore. They are a dead play. Ever since the NFL has put in all the bullshit player safety stuff around I mean, that's not bullshit. I'm just pissed. Um, <laughs> but like, ever since they put in all that stuff around onside kicks, they you cannot convert onside kicks anymore. What happened in the NFC Championship game, Seattle versus Grand Bay, where Seattle got an onside kick, that will never happen again. That will never happen again. Because in those moments where teams know that you're going to do an onside kick, they are net. Like the other. It's the Niners. Any team is good enough to be in the championship game. They're going to be prepared for that shit. I. And I'm.
0: I think the worst part about that as well was how close they had it. I I think afterwards they ended up saying that he would. Even if he. I don't remember what Lions player it was, but there was a Lions player who dived for it and, like just jumped right out of his hands and you could just watch it i felt like i was watching a car crash but but like and then they it would have
1: been penalty anyways because i have to go 10 yards
0: exactly yeah no that's what i was about to say immediately the party poopers in the broadcast booth that night or (laughs) that night decided to let us all know that it wouldn't have mattered but god i can't like it's it's crazy to think that if it was 10 yards they would have been that close and that's the tough thing with those onside kicks right where it's just you're you're really weighing like you're putting your entire season on like a 5% chance or whatever it is i know
1: it's low it's, like, not, right? even. Is it it's not, not even it's not even it's lower than it's lower than I 5% it, yeah. chance. i think the broadcast said it was 4 because yeah. it's like I, you're not going to get that um i think it's the stupidest rule in football i think it makes football games less exciting because the only way that football games are exciting in the end and When it gets this way it is very exciting is when the team that's down gets the ball with a chance to win that is how what makes football exciting and that almost never happens in today's nfl because it always comes down to either an onside kick or you kick it back to the other team and then you have three timeouts and you have to stop them three times and then get the ball back right away so you don't lose any time both of those are incredibly anticlimactic ways to end the game if the winning team either recovers the onside kick or gets a first down it's stupid. Um, onset kick rule is stupid, um, but not as stupid as what the Lions did running it on third and goal. That was absolutely inexcusable. And frankly, as uh, as a Seahawks fan who's looking and saying, looking at both of these games today and saying Ben Johnson, Mike McDonald, probably the top two candidates you'd want as head coach, just absolutely atrocious play calling in the end, more so for, for Ben Johnson, where I'm just looking at them and I'm like, I... I I don't know anymore. Because yeah. that is inexcusable. I don't care how good of a game you called all day. If you run the ball on third and goal, you are a terrible coordinator because yeah. that's when it matters.
0: And what I was even thinking while watching is, I feel like this guy plays or calls plays the same way I do in Madden. Where it's like, I, I'm. Pl- these games take five minutes to take or play. It's fourth and ten. I'll go for it. <laughs> and I mean, it's all fun and games in there, but this is the NFC Championship, right? And like you mentioned, it's just... In situations like this, you sometimes you just have to, no matter what you're known for, or whatever Dan Campbell's known for, sometimes you got to take those points. Because, especially today, I don't know, I, you know what I'm going to try and do? I'm going to see if I can find a fourth down stats, because I'm curious. I know they went for it at least three or four times. I want to know exactly how many of those they got.
1: They got, I think they, they got at least one of them. I know. But that's what I see, mean. Is you're going a, one for four, this, then right i don't think they went one for four um i don't know how many they got because the thing is when you get them then there's no conversation and i, I think sure. that's that yeah. would be coaches like dan campbell's point is that when you go for them and you get it there's no there's no conversation and there's no backlash it's when you don't get it but i just think in this situation you have to weigh out the pros and cons of it um yeah because if detroit get, kicks that field goal they're still in it and they pray they go down and tie it with a touchdown it's as simple as that um I don't know. I'm less mad about that than I am the running it on third and goal, but I mean they never should have been in that situation to start with. They had the set They ended up going one for three. Yeah, that makes sense. That checks out. Yeah. Both of those decisions were questionable. Yeah,
0: but, and that's what I mean, I mean, right? Like, it's just I, I do, I'm not against going for it on fourth down. I actually think it's rather smart, especially when you do have when you are, have the type of offense that the Lions have had all year where you could trust Jared Goff in that spot to throw it. You have a couple good running backs on the roster who you, you're not afraid to give the ball to in those short spots. But I mean, like you mentioned, their play calling just was questionable. It wasn't exactly the smartest plays. There was an RPO on third down towards the end of the game that I thought was rather dumb cuz I don't remember I don't remember exactly who they threw it to on that one, but it was I remember watching and just going like it's the same issue I've had with a lot of offenses where they throw the ball, but way behind the line of scrimmage and then just expect their wide receiver to run through three linebackers. Yeah. Just, it's never made sense to me.
1: And I think that goes in line. Something that um, Greg Olson was talking about on the broadcast was that that's very intentional because they're doing that on third down and saying, we're going to pick up on this on fourth down, which is such a big stretch it's such a big stretch. And I mean, it works sometimes. And it worked for them. It worked for them late in the first half where you have a third and 12 and you run the ball because you want to say, I'm going to go for it on fourth down. And they just pick it up anyways. It worked for them on third, third and 18 um, where they did a similar kind of thing where they just chucked it up the middle and he was able to run for it and get it. And yeah. So it, it's a more nuanced conversation because it's like, because again, you don't go after the times when they miss it. But I think in a situation like that where, like, I, I almost wonder if Dan Campbell is still playing like he's coaching <laughs> the 3-13 and 13 Detroit Lions, where he's like, we need to take every single chance possible because we don't have as much talent as they do. Um, because that's what he did when the Lions were worse, is like there was a game, um, I was talking with my buddy Kean about this. Um, the game he had against the, the Rams a few years ago, I believe, or he fake punted it like three times um, and ended up <laughs> making it a game because the Lions, yeah, had, I mean... <laughs> at, at that point, had a had a lot less talent than the Rams did. And it's like, yeah, if you're going to win, go for it. But they don't sure. need to do that anymore. Yeah. they. Uh, I'm I'm advocating for something in the middle because I think going for it on fourth down, great. I think even that second one, I'm like, sure, whatever, fourth and two. Sure, you miss up on a field goal, but at least that's like in the third quarter um going for it when you're down three like six minutes left in the fourth it just doesn't make any sense to me
0: yeah and even just like comparing it to what the 49ers were doing who obviously they're not they're just play style they're not going to go for it as much as the lions necessarily would they only went for it on fourth down once third down were actually surprisingly identical i felt like the 49ers did a really good job on third downs getting down the field but i mean the other than, I guess, towards the end of the game when the Lions were just, frankly, fucking everything up. It's, I don't know. it. I'll, when I look at it now on paper, it feels like it doesn't tell the whole story because I think, I think the Lions started off really strong and we saw that. I think a lot of what, like, these risks that they the were Niners taking The Niners terrible. Fourth, yeah, I was going to say that as well. I, I also wanted to just tr- move that over to how confident you are in the Niners after this game because, truthfully,
1: I don't I'm know really necessarily... Scared. Are you? Yeah. I'm scared that they're gonna win. I'm. I I not to jump ahead too much, but sure. I I yeah. hate this Super Bowl matchup. This is as a Seahawks yeah. fan, like this is just the worst. You know what this reminds um, me of?
0: This reminds me a lot of the and I mean Patrick Mahomes is in it, so maybe that's why. But Patrick Mahomes' Bucks Super Bowl, where Patrick Mahomes mm. got bullied the entire time because his O line couldn't do shit. And he couldn't find anyone downfield, and he just kept running out of time in the pocket, and he couldn't. And it ended up getting like the most, the coolest incompletion I've ever seen in my life. You know, the diving <laughs> one that everybody loves yeah. to use the photo yeah. of. Like, uh, I feel like there's a very high chance that this Super Bowl could end up being similar. I and that's not me trying Maybe. to discredit the offensive line of uh, the Chiefs. I just think they're less talented. I think they're here because of Mahomes and i don't think that's a controversial opinion at
1: all well at this point at this point i i don't have any reason to doubt the chiefs because yeah i, I mean there were plenty of reasons to doubt them uh, in all of this year before this but they've they've proven me wrong time and time again. They've proven everybody wrong time and time again in the playoffs and I hope they can continue to do that against the Niners, but yeah. Um yeah, I don't know. In, in terms of Super Bowl matchup that this reminds me of, um this at, at least as a Seahawks fan, this is a very personal example, but this reminds <laughs> me of the uh the matchup, I think it was like one or two Super Bowls before that, two Super Bowls before that when it's Patriots Rams and I'm like, yeah. You want me to pick a team? I'd rather pick putting a gun <laughs> in my head and pulling the trigger. Um so, because it's like you either choose the team that's been so successful again and again and again, yeah. or you choose the team that I would rather like drink a pound of vomit than see win a Super Bowl.
0: Yeah, so I, I, I don't know. think at this point, at this point, I'm I'm definitely firmly on the Chiefs side, and I'd be shocked if you weren't too. I am too. too.
1: But, I am uh, too. Yeah, I, don't, I
0: think at this point, it's kind I of because I never I,
1: wanted them to win. But. I
0: I think I. I appreciate the story of the Chiefs this year where, seriously, everybody was doubting them, including us. I was definitely bringing up on the podcast the fact that I felt like Patrick Mahomes was having a terrible season. I think that it should I – I remember saying that it should be something that should be talked about more, about the fact that he's just basically been a bit – not abysmal, but not the Patrick Mahomes of old. And then he just went, fuck you, I'm going to turn on the Jets in the playoffs, and here we are, right? Like, I think uh, – I think it's just crazy that this is the type of player that he is with the talent around him. I I don't know. It's That Ravens-Chiefs game going into it felt like it shouldn't – it felt like it was a foregone conclusion almost with how people were talking about it. Like the Ravens were going to win the entire thing. It wasn't going to be close. This was Lamar's year. And then all of a sudden, it just didn't happen. I kept waiting for the Ravens to come back. I kept waiting for it. It just didn't happen. And
1: yeah, – And I – uh... Oh, I mean, they did come back. That's the frustrating sure. thing. Yeah, no, but they you know had, had mean, a right? comeback. Yeah,
0: but they didn't finish the job. I kept waiting. Like, that well, pick at the end just it, felt like a punch in the gut at the end of all of it.
1: Yeah, it's the pick at the end, but I think you, even the bigger one was the Zay Flowers combination of the taunting penalty, which is stupid as all hell, um, <laughs> that backed them up, and then the um, punch out at the goal line, like Cam Chan yeah, style. Yeah, that was that, wild. Because they they went on basically two scoring drives. They got the yeah. ball into the end zone both times. It just ended up in the hands of the wrong team. That was if they because dis- the Chiefs the Chiefs offense did completely stall in the second half. They didn't score. Yeah, like I think that's the kind of an underrated storyline is that the Chiefs offense didn't didn't do very well. It's just that the Ravens offense kept shooting themselves in the foot. And it, I I see blame. It, Going around on Lamar, but I'm like that. This wasn't really uh, his fault. The interception was terrible, yeah. and that was a play that was terrible. No, on that him. was a dumb interception. Um, but
0: like I thought, he likely also as well shouldn't as be going could have. like this yeah. if he isn't open. <laughs> That's true as well. It was just it was a weird game to watch because I like I said, it just felt like the entire time I was just waiting for it. Right, I was waiting to see this Ravens team that everybody had talked about that we'd all seen all year long, and they just didn't show up, and. I don't know what combination. I don't know if that actually makes you, I don't know if the chiefs winning that game actually makes me that much higher on the chiefs as much as I feel like it's a mix of them getting lucky or it's like a mix of something or other. I it's, it feels weird that they're here after the season they've had, but at this point, what else are you going to expect from Patrick Mahomes? Right? Like, it's just, it's just what he does.
1: (laughs) You just, yeah. Like,
0: and people are already crowning him. I I'm, I've been following it like uh, on Twitter and people are already saying this is the most impressive stretch of football they've ever seen from a quarterback. And I that's something I also wanted to bring up to you and get your opinion on cuz there's a lot of people saying that and it's a very interesting conversation to have where it's like if he keeps this up how how much does he have to do to really get in the argument for one of the most okay. if not the most talented quarterback we've ever seen.
1: Oh, well he has already got he already is the most talented quarterback okay. we've ever seen. That's never in a doubt. But this whole thing of just like, oh my god, oh wow, this is the greatest stretch of play we've ever seen from a quarterback. He's not playing that different. He's not playing that different. It's not. <laughs> yeah. It's not that. I I, I no, push I, back on something you said a little bit. I I I push back on something you said a little bit earlier sure. where you're like Mahomes was bad. Mahomes was abysmal. Whatever. I did not say. I said abysmal season. and I
0: instantly retracted that. I wanted okay. to. Yeah, okay, because even, that, even, wasn't, even, that wasn't that wasn't the word saying, I was trying to use. But
1: even even saying he wasn't playing up to his normal level it wasn't his fault it no, was it wasn't. i don't know and like that watching, wasn't what watching i was trying any to say game. yeah watching any Chiefs game, it's like Marcus Valdez Scantling against the Eagles, drops the ball. You watch Kadarius um, Tony, week one against the Lions. If Mahomes receivers, Kadarius Tony lining upside against the Bills. Mahomes made those plays, and he's been playing the same level. It's just that he had such an abysmal, uh, this is where I use the word abysmal, abysmal supporting cast around him, that it's like, it, you could put, I don't know, Tom Brady combined with Mahomes, combined with Pete Aaron Rodgers, combined with Joe Montana back there. And if you even you can hit the guys in the chest as many times as you can. And if they drop the ball, there's nothing you can do as a quarterback back there. I don't care. So this run is from Mahomes doesn't like... It, it, it doesn't surprise me on a Mahomes level. So I, if people are like, oh, wow, Mahomes, like this is such a surprise for Mahomes. It's not Mahomes. It's just like so surprising that all of the Chiefs receivers and all of the talent around them got their stuff together. Even Travis Kelsey. Travis Kelsey, that first touchdown against the Ravens when he's being covered by Kyle Hamilton, one of the best young safeties in the league, makes this incredible catch falling backwards. Travis Kelsey was not doing that the rest of the season. He was jumping up and had it square in his hands and he dropped the ball <laughs> this isn't the same chiefs offense and i don't know like mahomes has played the basically the exact same the entire season it's just that somehow i don't know what drugs andy Reid gave them um in like the week 18 game where they saddled their starters um maybe the cold maybe the cold in kansas city when they played against the dolphins just like i don't know reworked them or whatever but like, it's it's the chief supporting cast that is the story here, and it's not getting talked about nearly enough. You can give credit to Mahomes all you want. He's playing well, but he's played well this whole season. He hasn't played bad. It's just that he hasn't had the cast around him, and now, for some reason, this cast is finally stepping up, and we see that, oh, wow, he actually is playing good, um, especially that last play of the game against the Ravens. Marquez Valdez-Scantling, pretty much the exact same play he had against the Eagles, but he catches it this time. That's the difference. That's yeah. why this Chiefs team is good. Um, but I don't know how sustainable it is and that scares me.
0: Yeah. I mean, it's just, that's, and that's kind of what I meant by that where it's like, I don't know really how much that win made me, made me more or less. It definitely didn't make me less confident in them, but it didn't really make me feel any better. I don't think it was just, it just kind of happened and now we're just living in it. Right. Like, and that's, it's the outcome nobody expected and now we're we potentially could see another super bowl, bowl where <laughs> not to not to like shout out where my opinion on it is but it could be another super bowl where we could potentially see patrick Mahomes lose pretty badly again and it would be the a mm. second super bowl where it just wasn't close for him and i i wonder after all the conversations that have been just going around after this game like i wonder like i'm like I just like looked up Patrick Mahomes' name on Twitter, and I'm seeing like comparisons to Tom Brady, comparisons to like a whole like multitude of different things, and it's just it is it is a wild thing that to just live through right now.
1: Yeah, I almost in turn I almost wonder what the uh, general public, because we're still in the immediate aftermath. I haven't really looked too much to see what the conversation is around this matchup, because honestly, I've just been in a rage about the Lions losing yeah. for the last 30 minutes. Um, but I haven't seen the general conversation around what this game's going to be yet. And I'd honestly be curious. I almost would want the Niners to be favored because um, it almost it, it does seem that there's something about this Chiefs team and Mahomes especially that being underdogs for the first time ever has kind of lit a fire under them. And I almost wonder if that's the difference. Um, because, I mean, I know Mahomes... Um like playing on the like Mahomes hasn't played on the road, Mahomes hasn't played on the road. Like I know that gets under his skin and that was a motivator for him, so I almost wonder if being underdogs would be helpful here. Um but I don't know. I don't know. I don't I'll I think we were gonna do a gonna do a Super Bowl preview a little bit later down the line, so I'll I'll, yeah. I'll hold my I'll hold my thoughts and give I'll have some time to reflect on what this matchup actually will entail. But I mean, I think it'll be a good game. I think it'll be close. But um, it is the worst yeah. Super Bowl matchup I could have possibly dreamed of. Um, yeah. So that's fun.
0: No, this is exactly what I don't think anybody wanted. <laughs> Other than, yeah. I guess, well, even you could make the argument. I mean, the only happy people you got to think are 49ers fans, right? Because they don't have to take on the Ravens. Like, I, yeah. I feel like that's the one upside here where it's just, like, you're you're avoiding the Ravens. I think after watching them lose that game, you got to think everybody in that 49ers locker room just, like, went, oh, thank God. Like, you almost dodged a bullet a little yep. bit, right? Where it's just, I don't know. That's my opinion on it. I, I don't think – you said you think it'll be close. I hope you're right. I feel like there's a good chance it won't be. I think that there's – I if I – looking at the two teams, I mean, Patrick Mahomes is going to Patrick Mahomes, obviously, but – if he gets stalled or if he can't get going or something happens it's going to be ugly
1: i do think this chiefs defense is is fantastic though because i think this i think for do you think it's better than the rams defense good, yes oh okay and i think and i think i wouldn't have said that before but after this game because the chiefs offense well good in this game wasn't what won them the game it's that they held lamar jackson to seven points basically for most of the game um and they they played spectacularly and i'm i I do i do think as good as this niner's team is they've now almost gotten probably should have been eliminated at the playoffs twice in a row um they probably should have lost the game to green bay they probably should have lost the game to Detroit. and it does to give credit to the Niners, which makes me want to, like, I don't know, slam my head against the table, but to give credit to the Niners, um, this kind of shows that they've been in the playoffs before. Like, these yeah. situations don't matter.
0: No, they're, they're an experienced um, team. And, and I think it should speak to how incredible Brock Purdy has been. I think people have been talking, the whole conversation all day, when I look anywhere, has been Patrick Mahomes. I think you got people have to start talking about what Purdy's been able to do in his two years in the NFL, because it's been... I think that story is almost more impressive to me at this point, just what he's accomplished. It's an incredible feat. The fact that he went from undrafted, won the start starting job because of injuries, went all the way to the championship, got hurt, got to the same spot next year, and then won it. Like, that's
1: insane. Yeah. It, it is very impressive, and I think it's probably a good indicator of how impressive it is that I'm really starting to hate the little prick. Um <laughs> As a Seahawks fan, I wanna see him get his head like oh. smoked clean off. Of I was gonna face. say I
0: actually like him.
1: <laughs> I hate him now. I know I that's I know that's heresy, before. but
0: like he's he seems like a very likable dude.
1: <laughs> I know. I didn't mind him. I thought I he liked didn't mind him I thought until the he was story. Good. I didn't mind him because I thought the story was good and that kind that sentiment kind of lasted and now I'm just at the point where I'm like, okay, it's enough. He needs to retire. He needs to <laughs> get forcibly retired by somebody. I'm uh, pissed. Um, has it been 20 years yet? My salty Seahawks fan <laughs> is coming out. Uh, I'm just, I, this, this season has gone like they're just in key moments. I'm, as a Seahawks fan, I'm just getting. This definitely has been a rough season around. to
0: be a Seahawks fan. That's for sure. Oh, it has not been a good
1: one. Man. Take me back to like week two when we beat the Lions in <laughs> overtime. I think that's when my excitement for this team peaked, and it's been all crashing downhill from there.
0: Um, yeah, Pete I Carroll mean,
1: is gone. The Niners are in the Super Bowl. Yeah, Russell Wilson is gone. Do you? I guess. I guess my
0: my follow up question here would probably be to end things off. You mentioned uh, earlier on we talked, or you mentioned it, like Ben Johnson. and I'm forgetting the name of the defensive coordinator for the Ravens. Those are two guys who are potentially... Like McDonald's, Mike McDonald. Yeah. Mike McDonald, yeah. Those are two people who have been linked to the Seahawks coaching job, right? After what you saw today, do you still want them to coach for the Seahawks, or do you want to go with the
1: what people are probably
0: calling the same pick Dan Quinn.
1: Oh, okay well i don't want dan quinn i think if okay. they hire dan quinn then we're in for a couple of years of tanking honestly well maybe not that bad but okay i mean i mean if i look at the, the recent performances because it's like at least ben johnson had a fantastic first half that he called um <laughs> he had i mean i was looking fantastic at fantastic
0: 95 percent of the season
1: he did and i'm I, I was looking at tweets from the first half and it was like yeah just give ben johnson a blank check basically um <laughs> And, um, but, and I think he had. A, there were a couple questionable calls. Again, the run on third and goal being the number one play that I'm questioning. But um, he still is a fantastic offensive coordinator, and I would still greatly prefer him over over Dan Quinn because if you look at well, let's just compare them. Let's look at Dan Quinn's last game. Dan Quinn's last game was getting lit up for 50 points by Jordan Love and the Packers. So I'd I'd rather take Ben Johnson, kind of having a couple situational fuck ups over the complete <laughs> terrible showing that was dan quinn's defense and for mike mcdonald i think it's even more so like you can't really blame him because he again it was a rough first half but they did clamp down on that chiefs offense in the second half and held them scoreless um so i'm looking at that and i'm still thinking okay this is great um i still want him and it's still the most i i think i think the biggest thing that you want from whoever is the next seahawks head coach is can they stop offenses like the Shanahan offense and like the McVay offense? Because for as great of a coach as Pete Carroll was, I think one of the biggest calling cards of the last five years was that he cannot beat the Rams, especially and post Russell Wilson. He cannot beat the Niners. And that matters a lot more than anything. I think, because if you can't beat those two teams, um, then you're not going to win anything. You're not going to win anything. We went 0-4 against the Niners and the Rams this year. I think that, as much as anything, is a big reason why Pete Carroll isn't here. Because if you went even one of those games, you're in the playoffs, and we're talking a completely different situation. But going 0-4 against your two biggest rivals is a big thing. And I think the success that Ben Johnson and Mike McDonald have had against both of those teams um, is pretty indicative, especially the Baltimore defense showing on Christmas Day. I think if anything gets Mike McDonald, if Mick McDonald, McDonald's walking up to interview for the Seahawks head coaching job, you can just put on the film from that game and be like, this is what I can do to Kyle Shanahan, hire yeah. me. And honestly, and, I think they should.
0: And I was going to say as well, I'm, I've been kind of scanning through Twitter in the last little bit, seeing if there's like a consensus pick. Because as, as a rather casual Seahawks fan at this point, I haven't been following it too much on if there's a favorite in one direction or the other and for the most part i'm seeing a lot of mike mcdonald i think is the yeah. is the main consensus one and i and i don't disagree with that one either i i don't hate the idea of going with a more defensive coach i think that would uh i think that kind of sticks with what we've had for the last couple of years as well as i'd still argue that pete carroll like uh although no his defense was pretty ass at one point but you know what i mean
1: i i don't uh, hate at the at idea of having at one point coach being for me. the last five or six years <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Uh, that's why again. That's, why not, that's <laughs> a big reason he got fired. It's because yeah. he's a defensive coach and his defense isn't good. Yeah. Um, so I think I think both sides of the ball need improvement in Seattle. But I think the defense was worse and was the main reason. Um, I think you're going to need bring, to bring in a new offensive um, coordinator. Yeah. Yeah. That yeah. that Just all looks like
0: general. General reaction. Those two memes pretty much define. The... It pretty well
1: i think (laughs) the the other thing is that um, i do think ben johnson is because there's only the seahawks are one of two head coach openings left which i think once every coach is hired we'll we'll probably have a segment on all of the hires so we can we can hold back on that um but um i do think ben johnson is pretty in line to be the commander's head coach and after they just lost i would not be shocked if that gets announced pretty soon because from everything that i've been hearing it sounded like it's almost a done deal. Um, So Mike McDonald is definitely the the big thing for me. There is a little bit of a worry because I don't think they've actually even technically interviewed him yet just because they, with the timing around everything, they weren't able to, yeah. Other teams were able to get him in but because the Seahawks let go of Pete Carroll later, they weren't able to get him in on time, I think was the essential situation. But if they can bring him in, get a, get an interview in, hopefully everything checks out, I think he should be the pick. Because otherwise, the 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 choices after that are kind of slim. So, like I I just think
0: I for some reason I kept hearing that people wanted Dan Quinn, and I felt like I was the one odd person out because I'm not a fan of that pick <laughs> for a lot of pretty obvious yeah. reasons. Like, but now going through it, I think it's kind of swapped, which is I'm happy to see because that's where I'd go as well. I think uh, I don't think it would be smart to. I mean bring in the guy who honestly despite having a fairly good defense with the cowboys i i don't know i've never really thought he was anything anything too incredible as a head coach i don't know that's my opinion
1: Mm -hmm. and i do think i do think to your point um the dan quinn hasn't exactly like i mean when he when he was in seattle it's not like he was the one who built the legion of boom like that was a pete carroll thing and i think if you're if you want to get away from pete carroll football which they did because they fired pete carroll um why would you hire his former defensive coordinator that doesn't make sense to me because that feels like a very lateral move in terms of going from pete carroll to a pete carroll disciple i'm okay yeah it's not it's not going anywhere
0: yeah i think oh
1: (laughs) Kelly. Oh.
0: Might have to
1: sit out next season if we do
0: that. But, yeah, I don't think – I don't disagree with you. I think we can start to wrap this up. I just wanted to – because I think that was the final storyline that I think that was worth hitting on there is the coaching carousel. The two teams who had coaches who there are a lot of interest for, I think, are – that both went out. And now I think that – that'll definitely add to a lot of the storylines going into the Super Bowl here because from what I'm hearing it sounds like I at least I imagine the Seahawks are gonna want to have someone signed before the Super Bowl so I wouldn't be shocked yeah and be talking about this rather soon
1: yeah and they should be especially now that they're both out because what's the what's the hold-up now the hold-up before was that they're in the playoffs and neither of them are anymore so
0: yep no I think
1: that was pretty soon I wouldn't I wouldn't be shocked
0: if the Seahawks aren't knocking on Mike, uh, Mike McDonald and uh, Ben Johnson's doors tonight, then something's wrong.
1: Yeah, pretty much. Yeah. Pretty much. Oh, everything's wrong, though. It's a Chiefs-Niner Super Bowl.
0: <laughs> the whole world's on fire.
1: Uh, let's talk about another fucking sport. I hate football. <laughs>
0: That
1: yeah, might be a good idea. All right. We will now move into the NBA. And the NBA has got surprisingly a lot of news today. One of the biggest headlines from the past couple of days was on Friday, the performance we saw from Luka Doncic, who scored 73 points, the tied for the fourth most in NBA history against, funnily enough, the team that I believe originally drafted him before trading drafted him, right him right away. For like a total um, of
0: 10 minutes. Yeah.
1: <laughs> yeah and then traded him for Trey Young, um, yeah. which is a little fun little bit of irony, um, but obviously fantastic performance by Luca, and it's it's come amidst a string of great performances. We saw M. Bean drop 70 earlier, saw Carl Anthony Towns drop 62, I believe Booker had a 60 point night as well. Lots of high scoring performances, um, but Simon, do you think this one is extra special?
0: Yeah, I was going to say, I think the biggest conversation that I've seen is this is the first, like, single-game performance we've seen that people are actually comparing as to whether it's more impressive than Kobe's 81. Because I think a lot of the things that I've heard in, like, the last decade of me following basketball is, sure, Wilt scored 100 back when he was playing Plumbers, but (laughs) Kobe managing to score 81 in arguably one of the toughest, like, what would be the word? Like, eras of basketball, I guess. Like, doing that was just ridiculous. And now Doncic has come and scored seventy three. Sure not as much. But when you look at the rest of his I'm surprised people are talking about just he almost had a seventy three point triple double. Holy shit. Like, how does that happen? I know people talk about how insane of a insanely good of a basketball player Doncic is, but I don't think you can it's just ridiculous. I don't think I've ever seen a stat line as crazy as that. As even just looking back at Wilt, Wilt never was able to get that many assists. Like, even just looking back, Kobe on his, I think Kobe only had one assist in his 81-point game. He had two. Like, it's just, it's it's bonkers that you can go out there and score at such an efficient rate that you can get up to 73 and still get that enough assists to... Almost, not quite hit your average on the season, but get close enough that, I mean, he he has to be one of the best players we've ever seen at this point, like, talent-wise. It is bonkers how good he is. And you mm. wouldn't know it from looking at him, but, like, whenever he pulls off stuff like this, the it's just, it just makes my jaw drop. And I want to make it clear, I am absolutely a Kobe fan. If I, if I were to pan up, uh, I've got a Kobe poster on my wall. Like, I was, growing up, I... I watched Kobe when I played basketball as a kid. I would model my game after him. And hearing about this, it it makes my jaw drop. It is ridiculous. I think uh, the fact that I I feel like people are already starting to move on from how bonkers of a game this was, but I don't think that should be the case. I think this should be something that people are talking about for a long time. Because I I didn't personally get to watch it. I heard about it afterwards, but I wish I did. I I think I have to go back and watch that game because it was... It, w- it must have been something to behold.
1: <laughs> yeah. And I, I think it was even more – I don't I don't have it right in front of me, but I was hearing that it was even more impressive in the first half. Like, he was on pace to – I think he scored, like, 42 in the first half. I think he might have been even Jesus. on pace to beat Kobe. Which is um, insane. Which is just insane. Yeah. Because um, I think – And, I mean, imagine how, how good that must feel for Luka to do that yeah. against the Hawks after (laughs) (laughs) after being traded away and i mean that's that is one of the more interesting trades i think in nba history because it's not like trey young has been a bad player either no but it's just he's not been yeah
0: yeah and i and the one thing that is crazy to me is the conversation around kobe's 81 that everybody loves to bring up and always likes to poke holes in is the fact that it took him 46 shots which, this was the era of Lakers basketball where Kobe was shooting 75% of the shots that the Lakers would take all night long, right? Like, so, he almost had 50 shots. Doncic did all of that in 33. Wow. Let that sink in for a second. If he, if he wasn't passing the ball, like, if he didn't get seven assists, he would have broke 81. No doubt in my mind. Oh, yeah. Like, eight for 13 from three... He had to play the full 45. Kobe did not play 45. But it's still... It's still bonkers. It is it is the most ridiculous stat line I think I have ever seen since looking up Wilt stuff, right? Where you'll see a game where Wilt went, like, 72 and 26, right? Like, this has to be up there with, like, some of the stupidest stat lines we've ever seen. <laughs> and it shouldn't Maybe. be... Like, I, I don't even know. I... I know I'm just going around in circles almost, but it's just like, I don't even know what else to say really. It's just, it's bonkers that we're seeing something like this in the modern game of basketball where defense takes so much more skill, and so many of these elite scorers have to take these less efficient shots from outside the three-point line that are tougher. Like, Doncic had to shoot 8 for 13 from 3, 25 for 33. What the fuck? If and honestly, this makes me more confident that somebody in the next probably ten years is gonna break eighty-one. I think it's gonna happen. Like there was a long yeah. time where a lot of people, despite I mean, how, in I'm gonna throw up the air quotes here, inefficient, uh, Kobe's eighty-one point game was because that's always been the, the the thing that people like to poke holes in. It's still it. I don't even know it's. And this is not me taking away from it at all. It's just. Showing how talented some of these players in the league have gotten to the point where they can hit seventy three and almost make it look easy. <laughs>
1: like it's yeah, it's crazy. And and I mean, in terms of thinking of someone potentially breaking it in the next ten years, I mean, even in the past four or five days, yeah. we've gotten four, like, what 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 was it? Four six plus point performances. And we like,
0: nearly talked about the Pete breaking story. seventy last week.
1: Yeah. And I think it's even, so I think it's even a bigger story because I mean, obviously Luca is the the headliner. Yeah. But the others, his three performances are huge too. And I do want to get into something that I thought was interesting just to hear your perspective on this Simon, because you're oh, more, yeah. more, more of a ba- basketball guy than I sure. am. But I heard, <laughs> um, in the, in the, in the car, Carl Anthony Towns, um, got 62, I believe. Um, That's but actually, they lost. Yeah. Um, and, I know the coach after the game was just saying that it was just a complete travesty that he got that many points because basically his, his criticism was that they were focused more on that than winning the game.
0: Yeah. What and do you think in terms
1: of that balance?
0: I do agree with that. Cause I think at this point players, there are some players who will just try and get as high of a score as possible. I think that is what makes the Lucas game as impressive as it was. Because I mean I keep saying it, but seven assists, like, are you kidding? <laughs> How did you have time to pass out seven assists? And I think like that's the I don't think you can even have that conversation with Lucas' game. At least in my opinion, I think that's uh, I I'm trying to look find Carl Anthony Towns' stat line from that 62 point game quickly. Uh, give me a second. I'll find it so that we can see exactly.
1: Yeah what he had it, but to, to your to your point i think where i'm at like when, when i initially saw that quote i was frankly kind of pissed at the coach thinking like sure. this guy went all out there and got 62 points for your team and yeah. you're blaming your team's effort but putting that in perspective in and terms of it's um... not even
0: like he took that many shots
1: i i'd agree with it if um if
0: he wasn't shooting efficiently but like if he did it on 60% field goal or like from the shooting from the field. If he's shooting efficiently, why wouldn't he take it? I think like, why wouldn't you feed the, it's feeding the hot hand. That's it's smart. It's smart basketball. You keep Mm -hmm. giving the ball to the guy who's going to score and he went, you can't even make the argument that they lost because they weren't shooting threes because they were feeding a center because Carl Anthony town went 10 for 15 from the three point line like it's just there's i don't i looking at it i don't agree on the fact that he let he was the reason they lost because that's not the case at all i agree with the principle because that does happen where players will stat pad but i don't think that's the case necessarily here because especially not lucas but i mean cat only had two assists but if you're scoring that much why would you not ask for the ball if you're not missing keep shooting right like it's yeah. It's
1: not necessarily
0: like a hard, and that, it's not a hard
1: equation on that one. <laughs> and that's the kind of thing, like as a coach, like what do you want your messaging to be? Because I think, I think about Harry, I mean, I'm sure if he scored 62 and they won, this wouldn't be a conversation. Um, but I do think it's the kind of thing where it's like, you don't really want to praise your team for effort and for, for effort in a loss. Like there are no moral victories um so i so i do get that angle of it but it is i mean it just sucks for for carl anthony towns to have that kind of performance and just have it be wasted and have the coach kind of lambaste and everybody because of your performance like it's it it's kind of not a it, it, I, I understand it's kind of a between a rock and a hard place for the coach but i'm i am kind of like well what more can the guy do
0: yeah i'm i'm kind of scrolling through twitter and i think i found a quote i'm gonna make sure that i'm not taking this out of context quickly because i can't believe that somebody would actually say this but wow no it doesn't look like it's out of context stephen a smith the legend himself after the Doncic 73 point game i didn't hear about this before uh he came out and basically said that it was what, what was his exact words he called it disgraceful
1: and Carl Anthony Janssen. No,
0: the Doncic. Said Doncic scored oh, 73. Oh, Doncic. Yeah. I'm trying to wow. understand his take here. I'm trying to wrap my head around it.
1: Um I think I I have the quote here from the the Timberwolves. Yeah. Timberwolves coach that I think I think this kind of encapsulates it and kind of adds to that. So he said um, he's talking about how bad the defense was and said it was his immature basketball. And then he said. Um... This is his quote. Um, I mean, there are lots of times when, just because you've scored two or three or four points in a row or baskets in a row, obviously we're gonna try to feed a hot hand, look for a hot hand, but at some point we've got to get back to making the right play and doing the right things. There are lots of ways to be immature and there were lots of immature performances throughout the roster. We totally disrespected the game ourselves got and got exactly what we deserved. Um, and he also added that um, he was asked whether he felt uh, Carl Anthony of Towns was like, that whole conversation we just had, whether he was just hunting for stats or trying to win the game, um, and he immediately said, like, absolutely, I think he was trying to hunt stats. So he said, uh, quote, like, for a while he was going, but down the stretch that kind of dried up for us. Yeah, and I mean... I think I think that's... Ooh. Yeah,
0: I I mean, it's... Sure, it's potentially stat hunting, but, like... Or stat padding, whatever you want to call it, but it's just, like... <laughs> you're, you're you lost by three points. Why are you blaming the guy who scored seventy? <laughs> yeah, <laughs> like, I mean, I don't know. I don't know if there's much logic in that one. I don't. I don't agree with that. I think this take from yeah,
1: that, it doesn't seem is, like
0: it's just like why? What's the point in bullying the defense of the Hawks? Yeah, obviously the team that got seventy three points dropped on them is going to the, didn't play great defense. Like, wow, shocker. <laughs> But it's just yeah. you're you're piling on like instead of appreciating the greatness of something like this happening, you're crapping on the entire thing, or you're basically discrediting Luca because apparently the Hawks don't know how to play defense. It's it's weird to me. It's a it's a weird take. Is kind of why, why I wanted to bring it in here because after reading it, I just went, why why what's the point, like uh,
1: yeah. It is a weird take, and and I think I think something you said there really resonates. Is like if your if your team lost, why are you sco- why are you blaming the guy who scored sixty two yeah. the game? The guy like, who scored. Why are you game? paying him the play. big
0: bucks if you don't want him to score that much?
1: Yeah, it, I get it. I get um, wanting to have set plays, and I get wanting to distribute the ball or whatever, and trying to play winning basketball instead of that. But if you're if seriously if you're like if you said if you're shooting efficiently and you're scoring that many points and it's not really the fault of the team in that point blame the defense sure blame other people for not carrying their weight but putting it all on and saying like oh this isn't how the game should be played by scoring that many points it's like come on get off your high horse really yeah.
0: and this is just a wild stat as well players in NBA history who have scored at least 73 points in a game with less than 18 free throw <laughs> attempts. It is one name and one name only, <laughs> and that is Luka Doncic. I mean, what else needs to be said, right? It's just, it's just bonkers. I mean, I don't know. I'm gonna keep repeating that, and I mean, I think it's, I think it's really cool that we saw both him hit 73. Uh, we haven't even mentioned it yet, but Devin Booker also hit 62. Like, and uh, both yeah. on the uh, anniversary of Kobe's death. And it's just, it's just, like, a cool little, like, uh, thing to kind of pay homage, I guess, to a legend. And, I mean, I don't know if that... that Maybe that had something to do with it. Maybe it didn't. But I think it's still just a very, pretty cool thing that it all happened. So, I'm... Personally, I think it's pretty dumb that people are getting mad at this entire thing. Because I think it's... Yeah. It is... There's a reason we don't talk about... A lot about basketball but there's a reason we're talking about it right like it's it's a very very cool Mm. thing that happened and knocking it down just because god that's i'm gonna think that that's a terrible take like the one fun fact about broadcasting or commentating or anything of the such you the one lesson that i've constantly learned even if your team is losing terribly and somebody on the other on the away team, like let's say you're hired by a specific team, and the away team, you still should give credit to an away player, because it, yeah. like
1: there's, I don't know, this stuff pisses me off because it just doesn't. I, this is why I couldn't uh, broadcast for the Seahawks. Yeah, because
0: yeah, exactly. I'd be, right, like I'd it's be just
1: calling for yeah.
0: I mean, there's Brock
1: Purdy's had to get knocked off.
0: It's just it's so pointless, like give credit where credit's due like what's the
1: point yeah uh it just pisses me off i don't not, i don't know if i can I've tried to and i mean it is a very Stephen a smith take because i was gonna say it's yeah. not like Stephen a smith has any like horse in this race he's not a mavs fan i don't think probably not in terms of how much he hates the cowboys he... um
0: oh is he a knicks fan is that what he is what what team does he? i think for? he might be what isn't I? I was about to say I think he's a Cowboys fan actually.
1: No, he's not. He's he's famous for hating the Cowboys. Skip I know, Dayless but is I think Cowboys fan.
0: I know uh, favorite teams. Is it the Knicks? He seems like he'd be a Knicks fan. He is a fan of the Giants, Green Bay Packers. Oh, these are NFL teams. Um, does he have a favorite team? Knicks. Knicks, Steelers, and Cowboys. And Yankees. So, like, all the Especially, teams He
1: does not like the Cowboys. He does not like the Cowboys. I... He does not like the Cowboys. I
0: don't pay attention.
1: I don't actually care. Um, <laughs> yeah. Point, point being um, that, I mean, Stephen A. Smith, like, he, he's going to do that because that's his whole thing is he's going to say outlandish things to get attention. Yeah. Um, that's kind of his whole gimmick.
0: <laughs> yeah. So and I get that. I, I get that too, because I mean I've lived in that world at this Part point. Of it. I can say that there there are definitely people who will do that, but like it's it's so you're not even saying it's not outlandish, it's just stupid. <laughs> like there's a there's a yeah. line. There's a line and that's that's a stupid It's just like I'm not going to get in an argument with you or like repost you because you said that i'm just gonna look at it shake my head and go what a fucking idiot like (laughs) yeah like i don't know that's a weird take to me so i don't know that's the only reason i'd get mad at it appreciate greatness it doesn't come around that often so in the nba side of things we've got one of the more shocking coaching changes i think i've seen in a while because it felt like we weren't getting anything out of milwaukee at least prior to this i was not hearing anything that this could be coming and then out of nowhere adrian griffin is out despite the bucks being second in the east and all of a sudden they're hiring one of the most legendary coaches of the last 20 years in doc rivers who has won a championship with the celtics as far back as ooh, testing my nba knowledge 2008 i think one of those years so I, they're obviously bringing in someone with a lot of championship experience, somebody who is very uh, capable of leading a team like this. But this entire thing has been very interesting to follow, at least for me as somebody who generally is a bit of a warm-weather NBA fan where I'll tune in when something interesting happens. And uh, something interesting has definitely happened here. So I don't know what your opinion on it is, Caleb. I don't know how much research you've gotten to be able to do into this one, but it's just looking at it at face value, it is pretty wild.
1: It is, and I mean, no, i not the most, but I, I'm looking at it just from a, again, from a very casual fan perspective, and being like, whoa, this is kind of, I, the the record is insane, and it's just something that I feel like can't can't really and hasn't happened in any other sport where the team like is winning that much and it's a midseason firing. Like I can see it if a team wins that much, but they've had the same coach for a while and then they don't perform in the playoffs, so then you fire them, like a potential like seahawks situation right yeah um where it's just like they're with they're they have a winning record but the the same success hasn't been there but this is a first year head coach and he led them to the second place um second place in the, the conference but i do think it's almost like that does still feel a little bit like underachieving <laughs> which is kind of crazy to say uh... but um I don't know about that. I mean, the the headline that it
0: CBS is. is using is why the Bucks fired a coach who won 70% of his games. Like what else? Could but it have is not like
1: when you bring in, when you brought in Lillard, like, I guess you could have wanted more. I think I, I saw this comparison uh... online and this made a lot of sense to my, my football fan brain. Yeah. Um, I was saying like firing Adrian Griffin would be like if the Eagles had fired Nick Sirianni. And yeah. it's like, which makes and sense because if, it's like there's a team even where that, there's though. like signs of signs of potential decline and you're just trying to get ahead of the eight ball um i guess is the potential reasoning behind it um i wonder if that is what it is but or if were... it's just like they had the idea that they wanted Doc rivers and we're like okay we're doing this now
0: yeah and not to immediately shoot that in the foot but even like they're seven and three in the last ten like, they, it's not like they were on yeah. a losing skid or anything like that. It just kind of happened. And now, since then, we've had a little bit more reason behind it as there was maybe it was more locker room-related Related is what we're kind of hearing now. But even looking at mm. it, they're only three games back of first in the East. They're behind the Celtics, who are a very good team, 35-11. and 11, And they're three games in front of the 76ers, another very good team. And the East is very close this year. It's pretty competitive. So I, I'm not shocked that... If, I wouldn't have been shocked if you were right, actually, in the fact that uh, what if they were just trying to get ahead of it, but I don't know what they were trying to necessarily get ahead of, other than the locker room issues yeah. that we're about to get into. More related to a coach that got let go in Terry Stotts is his name, who was one of the assistant coaches who was brought in, I believe around the same time, actually, that Adrian Griffin was brought in to uh, help coach I, I think that uh, Stotts had a connection with Damian Lillard is what I was hearing beforehand. And I think that it was... This whole story is pretty wild. This is from The Athletic. I'll just read it out. So And then I'll, Caleb, I'll let you give your opinion on it. But Griffin had asked the coaches to meet by themselves while the players did an individual shooting. Stotts began to speak with both Giannis and Dame before go walking over. So, basically, just picture it in your head. There's two groups. The two cliques, right? And Dame Giannis stots are over in this corner. The coaches are yelling at Stotts to get over there. And then when he asked for more time with the Stars, Griffin yelled at him in front of the entire team. <laughs> just, like, let it out on this assistant coach. Who was pretty much, to my knowledge, from what I remember from the hiring, I thought he was brought in almost specifically to... Be somebody who's going to have a good relationship with your stars. That being Dame and Giannis. And just ripping them to shreds. I mean, it's just kind of wild. And apparently before before this incident had even happened, both Stotts and Griffin had had a tenuous relationship is what I'm reading. But that was the final straw. And that's why Stotts ended up leaving. So, I mean, it's... Oh, that, and that all happened less than two weeks before opening night. Oh, okay. So that makes things a little bit more different, actually. Because I, I didn't realize that it happened that far back. Mm. Yeah, I honestly thought that that was more recent. So that's my bad. But even then, like it's still... We almost, it,
1: we, almost, we almost wonder if that was a sign of things to come then.
0: Yeah, well, I'd almost argue it's a window into what was probably going on in the locker room where it's that's just somebody who, it. yeah. uh, somebody who very clearly did not want to share power <laughs> and uh was not yeah. afraid
1: to let people know about it i mean which is so weird as a first year head coach yeah i mean like like what be that what up- is
0: adrian griffin's like previous accomplishments like in the end yeah
1: what's his what's his resume looking like yeah well i'm just i curious, never i like
0: that is very like you i have been in the league for 10 years you are going to sit down and do your job like that is if i heard that like pop popovich had done something like that or or even doc rivers funnily enough i would have been like i mean yeah fair enough <laughs> but yeah i'm not i'm not too sure i'm trying to find uh so he was a coach he was the only job he's had previously from what i was reading and this does make sense when you think about what toronto did during uh his time there but he was the uh, an assistant coach from 2018 to 2023 2020 is it 2023 or 2022 doesn't really matter but you get the idea
1: mm-hmm.
0: yeah like i mean yeah it's it's a pretty wild thing to have happen where you'll always hear about coaches ripping into players and that's almost pretty normal in most sports but uh <laughs> ripping into a coach is pretty not a good sign i mean the last example i can think of immediately off the top of my head josh mcdaniels right like it's just it immediately just takes me back to that and that's never a good thing
1: yeah it's not and i mean for for all of the debate you can have about like what could he have done better i mean that that's probably the biggest thing and if i'm looking at it from the buck side i'm like well i think they are probably a better team with doc rivers as the coach um I do think that is enough up- that's that's an upgrade and I don't think you no, can, I don't you can question that.
0: I, I think the entire uh, thing is a very odd situation. I think it's more that because yeah, obviously I'm gonna to i I'm not gonna sit here and try and convince you that Adrian Griffin is a better head coach than Doc Rivers. That'd be stupid. Like yeah. uh, Doc Rivers yeah. is who he is for a reason. He is a very good and very prestigious head coach. And very clearly he sees something in this Bucks team that he thinks he's going to be able to use to turn them into the juggernaut they've both been in the past and will probably be in the future. And, uh, yeah. I mean, I don't know. I don't even know what to really add past that. It's like, obviously you're getting an upgrade, but was it an upgrade you needed with how good the team was doing? Or it's one of those things, right? Where I think this is just a way of seeing how exactly how bad adrian griffin must have been in that locker room
1: yeah because it i i i'm i'm coming coming over more to what you were saying in terms of like there has to be something else because if i'm looking yeah. at if i'm if i'm looking at this this whole situation because another big thing is like it's maybe not as 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 much as like uh like in football if you hire a coach you have to completely revamp the system um Basketball and that is not transition is hard It's not quite the same, but it's still a revamp in terms of what you you want to do. It's still a complete culture change in in terms of everything, really. Yeah, I
0: would argue it's more culture. It's very similar to hockey in that fact, where I'd argue that, sure, in hockey, you could talk about, oh, it's a different power play system, and there's a different penalty kill system and all that, right? But most coaches know how to coach that system. Like, you can drop basically any NHL head coach into any other NHL head coach's system, like, if somebody got fired, and they'd probably be able to finish the season doing that, right? If that makes sense. I'd argue it's very similar with the NBA, and in the NBA, it's almost less scripted, I'd argue. There's a lot of set plays, but a lot of those are already ran through the stars, and most of those stars would have had those set plays. It's almost like those set plays fall around the stars more than they do the coaches, is how i describe it, where, like, obviously, like, hear about like the the kobe iso right or michael jordan's iso like everybody had like a all of these stars have specific plays that'll like or signals or something that follow them their entire career and that's not necessarily something you see in other sports other than maybe like football like uh what's it like quarterbacks like (laughs) what like audibles whatever the hell they're called i'm trying to remember
1: no but that no that would still be that would still be um very specific to the, to the coach in terms of what those audibles actually mean for the play. I guess. Um, but um, kind of, kind of to, to move back into a little bit of what we were saying before, um, not to switch it too much, but I do think uh, this is important in terms of what Giannis was saying about it. Um, where he was talking about the, the firing he, he was talking about um, the kind of narrative around it and was saying, um, quoted as saying, um, out there people are creating a narrative that's not accurate but I'm a person who really tries to not fall, fall into it I refuse to fall into the bubble of oh this is accurate or oh this is not accurate because there's always going to be something about there about me about the team but like oh he didn't have a good relationship with Griff false I love the guy I invited him to my wedding you know I talked with him I was coached by him and we did very very well
0: yeah and I think uh... um, which I think
1: that's interesting <laughs> yeah
0: no I don't disagree I I don't know this entire thing is very, very odd. I, I'm kind of trying to find other people's reactions to uh, to get the general public. Obviously, both me and you are not the biggest NBA fans, so I don't know if we can necessarily speak to what the consensus is. So I've been... More this episode, I've been enjoying occasionally jumping on Twitter to see what people are thinking. I think this one pretty much is <laughs> pretty well... One second, I'm going to frame this up because I want to I wanna show this one. This one deserves attention. But... Uh, yeah. <laughs> Maybe that's that's how some fans are looking at it. <laughs> Doc Rivers definitely yeah. has not... Uh, he hasn't had a lot of success in recent times, so I could definitely see that argument. But uh,
1: just... Because, for I right mean, the big being... thing is he, he hasn't... He's yeah. just had hurdles in the playoffs, right? That too. That's been the...
0: Yeah, like, he hasn't been able to really win since coaching that Boston Celtics team, and even then, with how much talent that team had, can you really... Do you really want to put it all on yeah uh, forever's success? And he's I mean with, even with how good this team with is. the talent that didn't go. Yeah. Well, the Clippers is the first one that comes to mind for most people. I mean, 76ers as well, but
1: didn't I was going to say 76ers was the one that yeah. came to mind for me. Well,
0: cuz the Clippers, that Blake Griffin, DeAndre Jordan, uh like Chris Paul team, like that that team is arguably uh maybe equal to this i'd argue like just like i i mean i'm cat i'm i'm a casual how good is dame these days anyway i guess but like looking at it talent wise it seems very similar to this or if not worse so i i'm curious i i'm curious how this is going to end up that so yeah we'll see yeah i i like this bucks team a lot um I personally I, I would be a big fan of them doing well, but I mean who knows at this point right like it's it's gonna be interesting for sure.
1: I honestly just wish um, like like for this to sum up this whole thing, it sucks that we can't have more of a conversation about it. but honestly, my conclusion that I'm coming to by just talking through this is just like we don't know because we weren't in like the front office. Yeah. like we don't we're, we weren't <laughs> in the locker room it's like it's it's such a decision that came out of left field that there has to be something and i think i think it is important to highlight that Giannis is coming out there and saying like you don't know um because he's right we don't um and the, it's hard not it just it we're is just hard not to speculate yeah like yeah it's... it's hard not to when you literally don't have any other reason when the guy was like when the guy was winning 70% of his games, there has to be something else, so you have to be speculating. It's not like, I know the Wizards fired their coach this week, too, but there's a reason we're not talking about that. <laughs> yeah. It's not like, that's surprising. Yeah.
0: That's not a shocker. After all, their best player is Kyle Kuzma, and as a Lakers fan, I can speak to that not being incredible. But, uh, yeah, uh I mean... I don't know. I don't have a lot more to add, I don't think. I think I've kind of said my piece on this mm-hmm. one. But uh, I don't hate Doc Rivers as a coach. I actually like him a lot as a coach. I think he's he's very good mm-hmm. at elevating players. I think uh, you, you always hear stories come out after he leaves generally about players usually liking him with a couple few rare uh, circumstances. But, I mean, that's going to happen with every coach when you've been in the league as long as he has. I mean – yeah. He's just one of those coaches that I don't think uh, you're sure people are going to be like. Yeah, you're hiring an old head. Like, is it going to work? We'll see. I'm not mad at it. If I were a Bucks fan, I wouldn't be mad at it either. I think uh, I think that's a fairly good pickup.
1: Thank you everybody for tuning in this week. Um, yeah, a bit of a lighter one this week. We will be back with more though. We'll do some Super Bowl preview. We'll do all that kind of fun stuff. So. Stay in the loop. Subscribe. Uh, find us on Fresh Take Network. Boom! In a different spot this time. So it that is—it's is, it's wild. It's this way. It's not.
0: God damn it! I know. I switched it up God on you. God damn it! You.
1: There. I switched it up on you. There. I'm too, I'm too used to going the other way. Now it's oh 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 oh. There we go. That's like—I got to train my brain to do that now. Fresh uh, take Network, you can find us there if you're on Apple Podcasts or Spotify, or any sort of audio platform. Um, otherwise, find us here on YouTube, Instagram, TikTok, Twitter, and um, go follow us there. Um, anyways, for my shout out for the week, this is something I randomly found, and this helped me get out of my depression after watching the Niners go to another different pool, um, is seeing i don't know what context this has <laughs> i don't know if this was done on purpose i don't know if this was just because in my head i'm I, I i think we have the clip so we can, we why, can why do why don't why don't we run this clip yeah, I we can run it. <laughs> so i i don't
0: here i don't i don't think it's oh now it's in frame
1: <laughs> there there we go <laughs> so this is the spurs mascot catching a live bat in the spring <laughs> in the Spurs game, against the Timberwolves. And today. for, and for and... a bit of context
0: as well, Mano Ginobili, who during his playing career literally like s- volleyball spiked a bat <laughs> that flew in the arena, was in the crowd, and the whole time, I'm not going to play the audio, because I feel like we'd get in trouble. I threw a credit up there, just in case. I think we would get in, cr- in trouble if we played the audio. But the announcers the whole time were like trying to go, come on, Manu, get out there! We need you! <laughs> Oh, it's an, there. We go. He got him.
1: <laughs> he got him. And I think I think that's incredible for a couple reasons. I <laughs> love they're coming in like, oh yeah, yeah, you get him. <laughs> oh. Look at Wemby coming in. Um, yep. I think I, for one, think that's fantastic for a couple reasons. I think it's fantastic because he's already dressed up in a Batman costume.
0: Yep. I, I was gonna say, was this
1: planned? Like, did they have a live bat that they were going to release, and then they just had him come out there to try and catch it? Like, (laughs) I...
0: I really really don't have an answer for you on that one, but I do think it is absolutely incredible that it happened. I'll keep that on the screen. Yeah. It's a fun little... (laughs)
1: It's a, it's a fantastic image, and <laughs> yeah. I think I think a couple things. I think if this was a planned like stunt, I think it's fantastic, and they should do more stuff like this. I yes. think it's if this was a coincidence that the mascot was wearing a Batman costume at the same t- and had a net on hand at the there's same no time way. a bat flew into the arena. Yeah. There's, there's no, no way. No there's way. no way. But either way, it's fantastic, and I love it. If we want um, to go down the rabbit hole
0: of, uh... one second. of funny things that they that are very clearly set up. I'm sure you've seen this. Oh. Right. I forgot that there's an actual gritty dance now, so it's harder to find. It's harder to find this clip. Where? Oh, come on. There's no way. I want to find it cuz this is so funny. Um, I don't know if I will. That's really sad. Anyway, gritty, there was like they put planted like a fake proposal in the crowd. And then oh, yeah. Freddy Shoot just walked up behind with a sign that just said mine's bigger and then the girl jumps in his arms yeah. and he runs off. It's gonna show that as well. Yeah. That's not my shout out. My shout out is something absolutely incredible. If you are somebody who tunes into the visual po- or the more video side of the podcast often, you will know that I'm usually not too far away from one of these bad boys. Usually I have this is an empty can. I don't know if I actually I think I drank this earlier today. I I don't think it, this was a rare podcast where I didn't drink them, but I I buy them in packs at the Sobies that I live by for like 9 bucks for a pack of 6 cuz apparently I think that I have that kind of money and then I spend it and then I cry. But anyway, my girlfriend went to Costco with her mom for whatever reason. <laughs> and
1: the Costco shout out.
0: <laughs> yeah, the Costco sh- <laughs> Costco shout out. And they <laughs> they discovered this, and I now that whenever the next time because they have a Costco membership, I will be going with them to Costco because of the discovery <laughs> of this incredible thing that is a 24. 24- <laughs> Caleb, I want you to give me your best guess on how much this thing costs.
1: <laughs> well, it's Costco, so it's gonna be cheap.
0: Yeah, <laughs>
1: um, the 24 pack, it's nine for six. Yeah. I'm going to say it's about, like, I'm going to just double it and say 18 for 24
0: It's not bad. It's 20 20 bucks for 24 Okay, fans. okay. Which is a really good a, deal. That's
1: still an amazing deal. That's the still second I found deal. out about
0: that, I, I will be going to Costco after my next paycheck and spending and buying, <laughs> like, 500 cans of San Pellegrino. <laughs> and it'll be lovely. That's I will never cool. be without another can of San Pellegrino for another podcast. Costco, they're, they're can, pretty good. Costco cannot be healthy for anybody.
1: <laughs> I feel, no, it's not. It's funny. You've give. I feel like you have given a Sam Pellegrino shout out on the podcast, like at more least three or four times. Else. Oh um, yeah. Cause they're yeah, so good. They're incredible. I do think they are controversial opinion. Um, oh. I've, I've had, cause I have, I didn't really have all that many, but, um, uh, my girlfriend had some over yeah. at her house. So I've, I've had them a couple times more than I have. In the last couple months okay, and they're but what okay flavor? they're just okay but what flavor but like, The like the like i think it's the same one that you have
0: really oh, it's like the red can. it's the red then again tan. you don't like iced I'm tea like... either so you're just weird
1: no i don't, I don't like iced tea i think it's yeah. terrible i i like well, this a lot better go. than i like iced tea i think it, <laughs> okay. i think it's pretty i think it's pretty good i just don't know if it deserves the hype i'd just rather get a coke oh um, okay
0: yeah that's fair i still i'll still buy the occasional classic coke but i mean I don't know these it's I'll usually buy the Coke when I'm feeling cheap these these make me feel like how I imagine like a soccer mom in who's 45 feels drinking a glass (laughs) of wine before bed. That's how I feel when I drink a San so Pellegrino. That's the
1: vibe you want to go for. <laughs> yeah, exactly. That's the vibe you're it aiming makes, for. It
0: makes it makes me feel like I have more money than I actually have. When in reality, San Pellegrinos are the reason I don't have any money. And it is <laughs> so. There's a little yeah. irony in that. But you know what? It's all right. I I'm willing to live.
1: you are gonna to get a San Pellegrino sponsorship. Oh, that's gonna be our be so first sponsorship cool. with how many times we've had to be mad. <laughs> That'd be
0: so awesome, San Pellegrino. And I sponsors. then I have
1: to I have to get. Then you have taken to. taken behind it. the barn and, and <laughs> yeah. uh, have my take eaten out of me violently. That'd be the, that'd be the ad. It, it,
0: the, the ad would just be me taking a shotgun <laughs> to your head.
1: This is <laughs> and, this and, is why people. This is why this is why. Just buy what some Cologno, or else yeah, this gonna is to happen happens. to you. Yeah.
0: <laughs> or throwing you in the in the ocean to get the full roundabout. <laughs> like,
1: I mean, oh, I'm gonna man. get thrown in the ocean anyways.
0: That's true. There's
1: there's development. Let's say. I'm not going to add any more, of it that say there is developments on that side. Oh this, really? This is, it's looking like it's Ooh. definitely going to happen. So that's, that's we're waiting. It, the weather has not been great in Vancouver. Yeah. Recently, but um, it's coming. That's good. It's to hear. coming.
0: I'm excited.
1: I just I was just wait. I was just waiting for uh, our first like big video to pop off so that we can see more <laughs> have more people watch me get thrown in the ocean.
0: Yeah, that's true. I'm so disappointed. That that
1: video. I I will that say that video references it. That video references it. That's so true. So now I have two thousand plus people who know that. Yeah, to that's need to get true. It it earth.
0: literally opens with it. That is the opening of that video. Yep. Is me laughing at you for bringing it up again. <laughs> yeah. Oh yeah. I'm. I, I will say I am pissed that the All Star Game video did not do as well because that one I still think that's comedy gold. If anybody anybody yeah, who is watching I think, this I think who has great. not watched that, <laughs> it's it is it is art. And that video also references it, considering the the arena we play in is called the ocean.
1: <laughs> oh, I didn't even realize that. Oh, is that why you did that? Yeah. Oh, that's funny. I was like, what?
0: What can we name the arena that'll like be like a nice little like if you spot it type thing, right? And I was like, the oh, name of the ocean. <laughs> maybe oh, just I didn't maybe even spot it. Some... Well, I'm, and
1: I'm on this podcast. Yeah, you're supposed yeah, exactly. to be going in the ocean.
0: Yeah, exactly. There you go. What a I think Detroit fans the ice will notice if I can do that. Oh, that would have been a good,
1: good. It also looked terrible. It
0: would have been. Oh, it would have been the worst thing ever. But it would have been funny. Yeah, go watch that. My orange jersey have
1: stood here. out. I, I still that's think nice. I still stand yeah. by what I
0: said. That I think that's one of the best segments we've ever done. So I think that deserves more attention. Yeah.